favorite holiday too boils and ghouls lock your doors and strap yourselves in from los angeles california bloody disgusting presents the boo crew podcast horror news commentary reviews interviews and more with your hosts lauren and trevor shand and leone d'antonio i'm leo i'm lauren i'm trevor and we are the boo crew welcome to episode 172 this time around we are joined by the incredibly gifted actor madison eisman Hang with her as she lets you in on her spectacular new horror flick, Nocturne. Available now on Amazon Prime Video, part of a new series of films under the Welcome to the Blumhouse umbrella. Nocturne is one of the first four films in that series. She'll talk about the emotional journey this character took her on, transforming into a piano prodigy, and more. We'll also talk about her first experiences with the genre, filming the amazing Annabelle Comes Home, and more. Take the stage for episode 172 right now. Hi, this is Madison Eisman, and you are listening to another terrifying episode of The Boo Crew. Yeah! Yeah, Yeah! Nailed it! Moira Wilson was one of the finest musicians ever to grace this academy. We have decided to rerun the senior concerto competition in her memory. I stole Moira's theory book. She carved symbols all over the wall and threw herself out a third floor window. She was brilliant. The competition is a big opportunity. I have to beat her. Invocation. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio is a powerhouse storyteller and creator with this absolutely infectious energy and spark. After some work in short films and a role in the Golden Globe winning TV series Modern Family, she made her feature debut in a pair of award winning films from 2015 with Despair Sessions and Michael Winnick's The Better Half. She went on to appear in the incredible anthology horror Tales of Halloween. Also, Ghost Squad, Lisa Lisa Skies Are Gray, the Emmy winning Henry Danger, CMT's beloved comedy Still the King, and countless others. 2017 saw her bringing us back to the world of Jumanji with the amazing Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle as the unforgettable Bethany Walker, followed by its sequel Jumanji The Next Level, both films being wildly successful. Sony's highest grossing films ever, bringing in close to a billion dollars worldwide at the box office and a steady stream of awards. She went on to star in Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween, which was a blast. Followed that up with Gary Doberman's Annabelle Comes Home, Yovanka Vukovic's insane Riot Girls, and much more. She is as inspired as she is prolific. Even with all these massive projects going on, she's all over YouTube, showing up in tons of impressive short films and videos done with friends, where you'll also discover she is a gifted singer and musician as well. We use the word powerhouse to describe her because everything she does is fun. She chooses bold, strong characters, and her body of work is a testament to the dedication she has put in and the integrity of her decisions and talent. Her latest is a horror film available on Prime Video from Blumhouse and Amazon. Part of their Welcome to the Blumhouse series of films, it's called Nocturne and also stars Sydney Sweeney. We are honored to welcome the amazing Madison Eisman. Yay! That was the most incredible introduction I think I have ever received in my entire life. Wow. Thank you. Well, that means a lot to us. Again, thank you for taking the time to sit with us and congratulations on this new project. 
whether it's this or Tales of Halloween, lying on a couch, literally gutted or facing off against Annabelle or even the more family friendly stuff, the gateway horror like Goosebumps from watching your short films on YouTube, even horror is very much your playground. What led you down that path? What are your earliest memories of you having being exposed to the genre as a viewer? Oof, the earliest moments of my horror love. I, probably the first thing ever was The Grudge. I was probably in middle school. I watched it. I remember taking showers, like waiting for my hair to fall out. And like, you know, the scene where she has like the, the hair all over her hands. That and The Ring, those were like the two movies that just scarred me for life. And then I was all in after that. I was like, this is it. I love horror movies. I love ghosts. I love anything scary. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> nice. And you obviously you like to get your feet wet and in everything you do, it's never a passive thing. In these films, you are almost always a warrior. You are riding on the backs of ghosts. You're fighting evil brides <laughs> and doing all this stuff. What do you love about those characters and what is it about the horror genre that creates so many of those opportunities to put yourself as a performer? There's just so much room to be creative and you can, you know, there's camera tricks and, and there's practical and there's special effects and there's just a whole world of opportunity. Um, and there's an adrenaline rush, like they're fun and exciting. And I have so many memories just being on set and working of, and like working with incredible people and women. I've been really lucky to work with so many great, awesome women. And Annabelle, I worked with McKenna Grace and Katie Sarife and they were just scream queens, literally. And it's just fun. It's just good fun. We scream together. We cry together. We become friends with our demons on set. It's just a good time always. <laughs> Trevor and I had the opportunity to go to Son of Monster Palooza in 2019. And I was lucky enough to be in the maze when you were a scare actor. What was that like? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was so much fun. It's just, I love just interacting and doing everything that we can. Um, I really, really enjoyed that time at Monster Palooza. That was a really good time. I love horror fans too. Like it's just, there's just always like, honestly, the most fun people in the world because they're not afraid to get scared and like get gruesome. So that was a really fun event. In taking on these roles and something that happened at that particular event too, and something you probably notice, an amazingly cool byproduct is that you managed to become a role model and a, a pillar of strength. And I mean, for our 11 year old, for instance, who we brought to the convention, like you're her hero, for instance. So I'm, I'm sure that happens to you a lot through people, the family seeing you and goosebumps and Jumanji and mm -hmm. all that stuff and coming up to you. And how does that make you feel? It makes me feel awesome because I remember being that age, you know, and just watching these movies and and I had idols and and I would die to meet some of them. They're the ones that inspired me to, you know, go and do what I do now. So I think it's really important. I'm so sweet. I do love that you're 11 year old. That's so cute. Tell her I, her him. Scarlett. Yeah. Yeah. She Scarlett. shares the same birthday as you. She wanted me to no tell way. you. That. She did that. <laughs> yes. Baby. Yes. <gasps> Wow, we're soul sisters. Aww. That's awesome. The Boo Crew will be right back. When someone dies in a state of terror, a curse is born. The whole time I was in that house, I felt something was wrong. Once you see it, you can never forget. Once it sees you, you can never escape. Now playing in theaters everywhere.
could you take us back to shooting your amazing scene in Annabelle 3 where you played your zombie self with those coins stuck in your eyes? <laughs> that was so much fun. That was a three-day process. It was crazy. There was about like four or five different Mary Ellens on set because we had the stunt doubles, photo doubles, stand-ins, all wearing the same outfit and all some having coin eyes, some not. It was just a lot of fun. It was one of my favorite aspects of that movie. I remember reading it for the first time. I was like, this is this is freaking cool. And just like the whole like fairy man in general, that whole storyline. But yeah, that was definitely a hard one to film because there were there were hours where I like was sitting in a coffin with my eyes covered with the coins and I'm like falling over because you lose your balance when you can't see for that long. Yeah, but it was it was a lot of fun got to know the crew really well in those days when I was shoved in a, in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll uh, get right into Nocturne and starting with your discovery of the project and what you loved about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I played, uh, I was in orchestra in high school and I played violin. So I was already a little familiar with the classical music world. It very much reminded me of Black Swan, which I'm a huge fan of. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, I mean, all of those combined. And also when I first read the script, I listened to the music that we would be playing throughout the, the entire film. And there's just something extremely menacing and terrifying about the pieces we were playing. And as soon as like all of those elements came together, I was like, yes, absolutely. I want a part of this. This is awesome. Yeah. And I found out Sydney would be playing opposite me. And that made me very excited as well. Now, Vivian is a very different character for you. You get to display a real intense range of emotions and almost what becomes a venomous animosity and loathing for Juliet at some point. Talk about finding her and the fun of that. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I could not be more opposite of V, which I think was one of the reasons I wanted to play her so bad. She was kind of a girl who has had her life planned out since she was three. Uh, she has an agenda. No one is really allowed to get in the way of that. And so obviously when her sister starts to jeopardize her future, she gets extremely hostile and angry. And so, yeah, it was just really fun to kind of tap into that angry sisterly. I mean, the things that Juliet does to be are like extremely screwed up. So it wasn't that hard to like find that place of just, just pure anger. It was it was a lot of fun. We got to play a lot around a lot on this set. The art academy where it takes place is really unique. Where was that filmed? It was at the school in Long Beach, actually. Um, I think it is an art school by itself. It's definitely like a specialty school of some sort. Yeah. In terms of your uh, character, did directors do have you study any particular films or characters? Um, nothing in particular. I, she definitely understood. I think Sydney and I, from the very beginning, we were like, oh yeah, Black Swan. That's definitely the movie that we want to like go off of as far as just tone and theme and just the mood of the whole thing. I mean, more so with Zoo, I think we really worked on the characters as far as like, we wanted them to be as human as possible. It's not just like a black and white film as one girl terrorizes the other like it's so much more complex than that like they are their sisters they do love each other in their own weird manipulative toxic way so there's just a lot more than just two girls trying to take each other down there's like a lot of heart and a lot of feelings there and I think it was really important to Zoo for that to come across um, so we worked a lot with her on that not to mention all the hours we spent learning to play these piano pieces um, that was a whole nother thing but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, in terms of your piano playing skills, was it difficult in getting up to speed, per se, in learning those uh, parts for the realistic uh, piano skills as you wished 
to accomplish in filming this movie. Like, for example, can you play uh, Giuseppe Tartini's uh, Sonata in G minor? You know, <laughs> the Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We actually, we learned the piano pieces as if they were like a dance, like with hand choreography. So we worked with a coach and she taught us like how to sit, how to move our shoulders properly, like where we needed to be in certain parts of the song. Um, it was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. I literally thought it was going to be a piece of cake so easy. And then we were spent hours, I'm not kidding, like six hour days at least just learning how to fake play the piano. Wow. Um, Are you actually hitting wow. this like, uh, <laughs> is there another audio feed that's just crank, 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 bang on the piano? <laughs> there, there are times, so like, we pra- like when we actually did the performances, we were on a muted piano, but I definitely tested myself. I was like, I'm going to try this on a non-muted piano and see what happens. And it sounded so dreadful. Um, yeah, it's, we were probably as close as you could get to playing without actually hitting the notes that that's doesn't amazing. sound impressive in my head it sounded more impressive that's than cool that, though no that's an art yeah. it was fun it was really fun the pre-concert speech you give is an unbelievable moment for you and it's an outstanding performance on your part and a very integral Thank moment you. in the whole arc of the the whole story talk to us about filming that scene Ooh, that scene. Um, Sydney and I actually did our chemistry read with that scene. And uh, Zoo had us perform it maybe like eight or 10 times. It like exhausting. And as you know, you've seen it. Sydney doesn't give me much back in this monologue moment, which as an actor can be extremely exhausting and hard because you're really just going off of what they give you, which is nothing because that's what the scene calls for. So our chemistry read was the most exhausting thing I've ever been through in my life. I mean, we went through every range of emotion possible for it. Like she wanted us to go crazy. She wanted us to play it super low key. We just did every range possible. So it was interesting when we got there on the day, I was like, what version of this do you want? And she, we kind of did the same thing on set too. She kind of let us fall into it. And then it kind of just settled in a nice place of where it was supposed to be. But I do think she liked us to get exhausted so it would read on camera that we were actually exhausted because we were. <laughs> so what's up next for you? Up next, um, I'm really excited for this to come out. I've been looking forward to it for a really long time. I also have another film coming out called Clouds, which is a really awesome, sweet story about uh, Zach Sobiak, who passed away in 2013 from osteosarcoma and just kind of about his life and everything he went through right before he passed away. And that's a really, really special one. The whole family kind of had a, a part in the whole movie and just the casting process and and writing it and literally the entire thing. So I'm, I'm really excited for people to see that. Thank you so <laughs> much for your time today. We yes. really appreciate oh, thank it. You Love guys. The movie. Thank you. It was so nice talking to you guys. It was so fun. Tell your daughter I say hi. I will. I will. She'll be so yeah, excited yeah. to see this. She plays the violin too. So this is going to be like, oh no my way. gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was the Boo Crew Podcast episode 172. Special thanks to our guest, Madison Eisman. Follow at Madison Eisman on Instagram and Twitter and see Nocturne at time of release on Amazon Prime Video, part of the Welcome to the Blumhouse film series. Production tracks for this episode provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying, sweet screen. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye! A bloody disgusting podcast network, home of the Boo Crew, for horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy, for disturbing and terrifying creepypastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.